Welcome to the podcast for international students by international students. My name is Jordana Glume, and this is us in the U.S. Welcome back to another episode of Us in the U.S. Today I'm with Jasmine Jolie. Hello, Jasmine. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So tell us, who's Jasmine Jolie? Um, yeah, so my name is Jasmine Jolly. I'm from Great Britain, an area called Preston. It's near Manchester, if you've heard that before. Um, I'm on the track and field team here at SMU, and I'm majoring in sports health, minoring in psychology. For the ones who don't know, I go to SMU too, so we're in the same school. We're actually in a class together. Um, that's how we know each other. And tell us, like, how, when did you start running track? I started running track when I was eight years old and now I'm 19 going on 20 so it's been quite a large part of my life. Um, I used to do a bunch of sports when I was younger, I used to do swimming, ballet, gymnastics, track, netball, every basically every sport I could try to get involved with I was involved with it but by the time I got to about 11, 12 I realised that I was best at running track and so I devoted like most of my time to track. Fun fact, I used to do ballet too. Ballet? Yeah. Oh. Well, for just a year when I was like three or four. Oh, yeah. Um, and I used to not run track, but I used to run like races, more like short distance, kind right. of like one kilometer, 1.5 kilometers and stuff. I used to um, win some of them. I won okay. some of them. But then I was like, no, like. Not anymore. Uh, back to football. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, for the ones who have noticed or for the ones who have not, um, Jasmine is obviously like. British and she has like the British accent so tell us how, how is the experience of bringing English in America here in the US because I feel they're always like oh um British accent yeah yeah honestly it's like being a celebrity it's kind of weird like I'm not even joking I'll be walking around minding my own business and everybody so many people are coming up to me saying wow I love your accent did it thinking like I think I've convinced a few people that have been related to the Queen a few times really literally That's literally, so funny. literally. But yeah, um, Americans love the British accent. I'm not American, but I love the British accent too. Yeah, it's just, I just, I don't know, it's fun to listen to. Yeah. I just like told you that I, I've just finished watching Ted Lasso and one of the main reasons that I really liked it is it was because it's British accent. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so today's episode is going to be more focused about um, how athletes deal with injuries and surgeries and how it affects our mental health because Jasmine right here is sitting um, in a boot because um, you got surgery recently. What, what happened? Yes, yeah, so I had surgery six weeks ago and what I had done was I had broken a bone in my foot and I had done this at the end of 2019 so that was Two years ago, I was running on this broken bone and I'd have pain every single day and I'd have to miss practices. I'd have to have like six months off at a time and it's still nothing was fixing it. No amount of um, rest was fixing it. So it turns out that I'd actually broken that bone in my foot and I needed surgery to fix it. And so they put a few screws in my foot and I'm just on the road to recovery right now. You didn't know it was broken? No, this oh. whole time they were saying that it's arthritis. I was on all types of medication, doing all types of physio, and nothing would fix it. That so, sucks. Yeah. Especially because you don't know what's going on, yes. but like, you're still feeling pain. That's mm -hmm. one of the worst feelings ever. Um, so you had to get surgery. You got surgery through um, our school insurance, because obviously here in the States, um, the healthcare is private. So 
you're either insured or you have access to mm -hmm. um, doctors and stuff. Thankfully, we're both in, insured with our university's insurance, so you obviously could get um, surgery and stuff. How was the process of like when they tell you like, okay, you have to get surgery now until you get it? <clears throat> yeah, so when I first got the call from Dr. Vineyard, the, the man who did my surgery, I was in the gym, I was thinking, he's gonna call me back from the MRI and tell me, look, your arthritis just flared up, you know, be in a boot for a couple of weeks and you're good to go running. And he called me and said, look, there's no other way to fix this other than the surgery, and this surgery is gonna take you out for about six months and you're not gonna be able to run this season. So already hearing that on the phone when I wasn't expecting that at all was like shocking to me. And although like whilst being in, in England over that summer prior to the second semester I was here, it was just pain all the time. I was thinking there's something really wrong with this, but just hearing it was just a massive shock to me. So once I got the call that I was gonna get surgery, it must've been about two weeks after that, when I got the surgery at Carroll Clinic. Um, I was in there, slept over for a night, and then I was out in the morning, um, bed bound for about five days. Me too. Um, I actually got surgery back in April, because um, I tore my meniscus and it was like kind of the same thing because at the beginning we were like oh you just like tweaked it and stuff because I, I tore ACL like three years ago and they were like maybe just like from still from my knee not being at 100% or whatever so they were like yeah I think you just tweaked it so I go to a clinic and I saw Dr. Worrell and he's like I think you're fine and stuff um, do just some rehab and you'll be good to go so I'm rehabbing for a month and I still like I can run my every time I run in the alter G um, my knee gets swollen and I'm still in pain I was like there's something not right mm -hmm. um, so we go back to care clinic I get an MRI <laughs> and I go for like the checkup uh, appointment he's like well I think you tore your meniscus and that's a uh, Wednesday and next Tuesday like the following Tuesday I'm getting surgery so in less than wow. a week I'm just like I was freaking out because like I, I don't know what's going on my dad wanted me to fly to Spain and get surgery there and stuff, but obviously I was in school, so I had to like stay and in four, four or five days decide um, what I wanted to do, to go home or here. And so I stayed here and I got surgery next, the following Tuesday. It was like crazy and I was, I was in shock because I was like, you told me everything was fine and I was like rehabbing and stuff. But when I like go back there, he's like, I think um, you should be playing and you can even run. So let's just get surgery. And I said, okay, <laughs> let's do it then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I stayed overnight too. And they told me that uh, international people, like athletes obviously, um, stay overnight. But usually people here, like uh, one of my teammates had surgery the same day as I did. And they get surgery and they go home. Like they don't stay overnight. And I thought, I was like, I, this is savage. Because mm -hmm. when I got surgery home, I stayed there two nights or three, like three days. And here I got surgery, I stayed, um, I slept there. And then the next morning I just left and back to my dorm. Hmm. It's, like, it's crazy know. how fast mm -hmm. it is, you're just in and out. Yeah. And so um, as both being internationals, it means that we had to get surgery alone here. So how did you handle that? How was your experience? Yeah, so getting surgery alone was a bit difficult because although we, we, you know, we're adults really, 19 going on 20, we're still kind of young, like we're still we children are. really, yeah. honestly. <laughs> so it was difficult, my mum was worrying so much, she would have loved to be here with me throughout this surgery but it, it, it definitely forced me to just mature, definitely as an athlete and as a person. So I spent the night there alone, my physio 
unfortunately couldn't stay with me. And I don't know, I just had a lot of time to really just reflect and think about the future and how I'm gonna come back stronger from this injury and stuff. So mm -hmm. it was a bit daunting at the start, but it, it definitely matured me. Yeah, well, I told you, like, my, my dad really wanted me to go home and get surgery there so I, I wouldn't be alone. But the best option for me was to stay because mm -hmm. I was in school and for rehab and stuff. But it was, like, hard because, obviously, like, it's our first time away from home. And um, it's it, it was my first year. This is, like, the beginning of sophomore year, and we're both, like, getting um, surgery. And it's, like, not easy, especially when you have to stay the night alone, like, fully alone. It was kind of hard for me too, because my, my athletic trainer couldn't stay there either. Mm -hmm. um, it was like hard. But you've said that this helped you grow as a person and, and an athlete. Like, how do you think, because uh, uh, it's actually just like two days, three days kind of that you get surgery, but it's like a whole experience, like that it, kinda, it can be like a turning point in your life. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that definitely. I think although it only lasted, yeah, like a couple of days, it definitely woke me up and I thought like, this is like adult life. This is very yes. much adult life, which after college, we're gonna be fully in. So I think it definitely just made me think about the, the bigger picture. And then like, obviously when you're at the hospital, it's like hard to go through it and stuff. But then once you leave the hospital and you come back on campus, it's like, wow, like now what? Because for instance, I. In, in April, it was almost finals, um, so I could take them online. So I left a week after surgery, but that week was so long, like the longest week of my life. I had to put my mattress on the floor and I laid there for a week. I, would, I, could, I couldn't get up. I would have to wait for my roommate to be hungry so sh she could like bring me food. Like, and, and then I, I went home, which is like nice, but you've been here all, the whole time. like. How have you handled it? Because obviously you come to class rolling around with your... Mascula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how have you um, experienced that? Yeah, so it was kind of surreal, the whole experience, you know, like getting surgery, it was like, okay, I'm getting surgery. But then you don't really think about everything that comes with that, exactly. the mental side of it, like everything just sort of unloads once you get back to your dorm. And I had a single as well, so... I would just sit there in my room and I didn't want to ask my friends to do too much for me, you know, yeah. like get me food and something. So I'd literally just sit in my room, like start off until like five, <laughs> five p.m. until I would ask my friend when she was going to the canteen to get me some food as well. But I know they would have done it for me, but it's just one of them things that you don't want to like burden your friends yeah. with yeah, or your problems. Yeah, yeah, like they're, they're not your mum and dad at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Exactly. But um, yeah, it was really weird actually afterwards. I was bed bound for about five days and I was on some strong pain, painkillers, and I didn't have any exams luckily during that time, but. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's hard. <laughs> yes, yeah. I just chilled in my bed, watched a bit of Netflix, honestly, slept through most of the time. Yeah. I just tried to sleep as much as possible. And, and so after those five days, I was finally let outside. I remember it was my first day of going outside my room, and I've got a knee scooter, right? I'm always like whipping around campus on my knee scooter. Um, going very, probably too fast, too fast than I should be going. I remember coming down this slope and literally decking it, like falling off my scooter in public <laughs> at the bottom. And this was like 10 minutes after I've left my room, oh after being found. And that was kind of scary, honestly. Like, I love my knee scooter, but um, I've taken too many falls on this thing, honestly. 
But I am um, the way I get to classes is I get picked up on a buggy when I'm on my crutches and then yeah, taken the to cart. the golf carts, yeah. yeah. And then once I finish class, I call them and they take me to the next one and then back to my dorm. And then when I'm just going to the canteen and stuff, I take my scooter, which I'm so lucky to have because crutches, I yeah, could not do it. it. No, know. they're they're horrible. But yeah, I think overall the experience has been challenging it's definitely tested me to you know especially the mental side of it just trying to get through an injury without your parents being there all I could do was FaceTime a mom and I'm so grateful for FaceTime you realize how <laughs> unnecessary it is when you're an international student it is she'd call me every day sometimes three times a day and um, that would what that was really what was getting me through it like making it a lot easier for me definitely mm -hmm. Yeah, because mental health is um, one of the topics that I wanted to talk about in this episode with you. Because as athletes, uh, international athletes that were away from home, and we're one of the main reasons we're here is to um, you run track, meet, play soccer, just like do our sports. And when you're, you're injured and you're away from home, it's hard to cope with sometimes. So um, you've told me that you're seeing a psychologist. How is that helping you and why you decided to go see her? Yeah, so... Honestly, being an international student athlete in America, it, it sounds like all fun and games, but it's the reality of it is really hard. And it's, it's a massive culture shock just coming to America. And then the whole, the food is different, the training regimes are different, the people are different, like the whole culture is completely different in America. And it's kind of weird to say this, but as a student athlete, when you're not training, it's almost like you feel like, like what What's am I doing yeah like I'm just I'm, I feel like I'm just floating around like why am I here mm -hmm. and especially like it takes me 10 hours to get here on the plane and in like really and truly you don't come here to be a student athlete and not to train so just not training as a student athlete you almost feel like I'm not fulfilling my purpose right mm -hmm. here absolutely uh, yeah so obviously coming with not with being injured as an athlete already you're you're your sport is your life. And when you take that away, your mental health usually suffers quite a lot for that. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually my coaches who advised me to go and see Alicia Money, our sports psychologist over here at SMU. And at the start, I was a bit reluctant. I was thinking like, what is this really gonna do for me? Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's gonna help me. But honestly, going, I go and try to see her once a week. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to just talk through like whatever I'm going through because not training, there's a lot of other things that you've got to deal with, like your body changes, yeah. you've got to watch what you're eating, because mm -hmm. you're usually just so used to sleep, you know, running it off. Yeah. And also your sleeping patterns, like the way I, when I train, you cannot stay up, you go straight to sleep because you're, you're so exhausted. Yeah. And now, I, you know, it's difficult to sleep and yeah. all these things that come with not training. The routine changes, yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. So yeah, I, I see um, Alicia Money too as well, like once a week. Um, I, say, I think I've said that before in, in, in another episode, but it really helps me too, just like to talk to someone and just like know that they listen and just talk about topics that maybe I, I don't feel like comfortable with um, talking to other people like my friends and stuff. Because sometimes I just, at dinner, I just don't want to bring like, hey, um, I'm just not happy now. I, I'm really mm -hmm. struggling with these and that. I feel like there's some topics that I just don't really like talking to um, my friends. And obviously, like, it really helps me just talk to someone, a yeah. professional. And, and she always, like, knows how to comfort you and 
how to like give you motivation to like okay well, now let's try this or let's try that and so I think it's like really helpful and really important because yeah I feel like people do not realize that athletes are not machines and we cannot be performing at uh, like the highest level all the time like yeah. we're people too we have feelings and we have a lot going on especially as athletes here and student athletes because it's not only about um, track or soccer we have our degrees we have uh, a life that we need to do yeah no I, I completely agree I think that sometimes in sports people underestimate the importance of mental health a lot of people say that it's like 40% physical like 60% mental and I completely agree with that like if your head is not in it no matter you're how not, talented yeah. you are you're not gonna believe in yourself you're not mm -hmm. gonna put in the work to back yourself so I think that is very important for all athletes to see a sports psychologist. And I think that going through the whole rehab, it's hard to keep your mind focused on your goals and getting better because right now the situation that you're going through is it's depressing and it's tough and <laughs> it really is, honestly. Yeah. It's not yeah. a vibe. Yeah, I'm gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. So I think that she's definitely helped me with setting goals for next season when I do actually have a chance to compete mm -hmm. and also get my mind prepared for like the hard work and the comeback that you know it's gonna have to take place yeah and I believe that our generation is actually really lucky to have um, role models such as Naomi Osaka or Simone Biles that are showing people that mental health um, matters especially for athletes so I don't know what like you think about what they did it, it's, it's happened recently so yes yeah I think like all the athletes, top athletes who are talking about mental health and starting up that conversation, I think they're being so brave and I respect them so much for that, especially Simone Biles when she had to drop out the Olympics because mm -hmm. she had a men genuine mental block. And I think she got so much hate about people saying that she's just weak. And exactly, I'm, yeah, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. And it's absolutely nonsensical to me because honestly, she is one of the one of the best athletes who have ever walked this planet. Exactly. Much yeah, less I a agree. gymnast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for you to tell Simone that she just can't hack the pressure when she she is the best. And so I think it's just a bit ignorant really that athlete the people don't realize that athletes are just more than just their athlete. They are actual holistic people and they've got mm -hmm. things to deal with. And so yeah, I think starting that conversation about mental health is important and we need to keep keep that going absolutely yeah now to start wrapping it up these are the two questions that i ask everyone that comes here to this podcast and the first one's like um what is something that you think people might not know or expect um of being a student athlete here in the u.s yeah so people have the illusion i definitely had the illusion that being a student athlete in america is all fun and games, like you're gonna improve every single year because you have facilities that you might not have access to back in your home country. You have serious competition, the best, for track and field, the collegiate system is the best competition mm -hmm. for my age group in the world. You can't get better than that. Yeah. You've got physios on tap every single day. You've got high-end coaches. And coming here on my freshman year, I expected to make massive improvements. And my freshman year was the worst year in my track career, hands down. But that is because I also was injured during that time. But you know, you expect to, to improve and sometimes that's not the case, but that is okay. It might take you a year, maybe even two years to adjust to the training regimes and d adjust to the food and all these different things about America. It's not just you get here and you get better. 
Yeah, I feel like people, especially like our generation, we have like the tendency like we want something and we want it now. And like mm. we go to the States and we want to be like the best player um, in college soccer now and everything's going to be like really good in a very short period of time. But like the transition of moving to a different country and adapting to a new culture mm -hmm. and dealing with mental health and school and stuff, it's not easy. And for some people, it might say them like until junior year, maybe like yeah. everything, everyone handles handles it differently. Um, but I totally agree that um, we've set um, this expectation or this like stereotype that being an athlete in the U.S. is like the best thing that can happen yeah. in your life, and it can be. But also, it comes with other stuff that people are not talking about it. Yes, no, I agree. Like just come in here and have like you know, re regular students. <laughs> Norms. Yeah. <laughs> they would be thinking like, wow, you're a student athlete. And I was thinking like, what's the wow bit about this? Like, this is, it's this is a lot. It's challenging, yes. it's hard. This is, this, is, um, this is a lot to deal with, but I think it definitely makes you stronger. If you can get through this, I genuinely believe that you could get through a lot after college. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And now like the um, last one is, what was the biggest part of your um, transition process? coming here from the UK to America? So one of the biggest transitions was, first of all, being away from my family in a completely different culture. In, in my freshman year, I didn't really see it too much, but... Oh, because of COVID, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, and the it was my freshman year too, and we yeah. couldn't do anything, yeah. Yeah, and like the excitement of everything, but like when you take a step back from all of that and you realise that this is completely different to your home country, little things like food, like American food compared to English food is so dense in, in calories and it's I feel like salt. everything's very processed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's very unhealthy. And you'd eat the same things that you do in the UK, but in here you'd end up putting on more weight than yeah, you would. Yeah, and they have like sauce. And yeah. The, yeah. It's I all agree. unnecessary. But yeah, that was definitely a big thing, like the food and the culture. Just adjusting to all of that, really. Is, um, was it the first time being away from your family? Yes, yeah, it really was. Because uh, I know, like, I have some friends that are here in, in, in college, but they did some, like, actions here when they're 15, 16, like, uh, gap, not gap year, just, like, they came to the States for a year of high school and then came um, back home, and then they came again for college. But it was, like, my first time away from my family, too. Like, my, my older sister used to go, like, some summers. She would go to Ireland or England oh, yeah. for, like, two weeks or even, like, a few months. Some people do that. Um, in the summer and then come back. But this was like my first time away from home. And I was like, damn, so yeah. this is what it's like not having your mom and your parents do everything for you. Literally, <laughs> literally. It is, it, I think it's so different when you're an international student because there's literally so many things that you don't know. I came here and I did not know half the thing that go, things that go on here. I didn't even know there was a canteen. Don't know why, I don't know why I didn't know that. Canteen is like dining hall for Yeah, dining hall. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I thought, where I thought I was going to eat, but I didn't see that on my official visit. There's just so many things that you don't know. And as an international student, it's a massive jump yeah. coming to college. I feel like here... Um, the system prepares students um, in high school to come to college. They prepare them really well. Yes. Um, at home, we don't really do like visits to like schools or anything, or start looking for schools until our like junior year, which is like super late. And I yeah. know that people here commit when they're like sophomores in high school, which is like in in Europe, it would be like seventh grade maybe. Mm -hmm. That's or eighth grade. You're really young. When yeah. when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade, 
um, I wouldn't even like I didn't even thought about um, college and yeah. they're committing <laughs> literally no it's true the transition here is it's mad it's hard and it's challenging but it's definitely gonna make you stronger absolutely well thank you so much Jasmine I wish you a speedy recovery and <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you here right, thank you very much Thanks for joining me today in another episode of the podcast that discusses topics that matter with international students here in the U.S. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at us in the U.S. Pod. My name is Jordana Kulume, and this is us in the U.S. <laughs>